All right, all right. How many love Jesus today? What's up, Emmanuel? Big shout out to all of our locations, whether you're joining online, Lakeville, Maple Grove, Elk River, Spring Lake Park. It is so great to be in church where there's indoor furnaces. Come on, somebody. There's heat. We need it this time of year. It's important, isn't it? It's a big, big deal. We've been having a great week of miracles. Kicked it off last week with our miracle offering. And Pastor Matthew Barnett, didn't he do a great job as he shared the story of the L.A. Dream Center? And uh, he had me laughing so hard I was crying. Uh, and then he stuck it in there, into the heart, and uh, got me right where, in, in, the, in the inner part of me, we're like, man, I just want to, I, I could do more, I could be more. And, uh, and there's great news coming uh, through the miracle offering. If you've yet to dive into it, you still can today. And I want to encourage you to do just that if uh, you and your family or You've been praying about it, you, or you weren't here last week, you can still jump into the miracle offering today. We'd encourage you to do that. Uh, but then we rolled right into the week, and uh, Wednesday night, our youth, wow, uh, what our teenagers are doing in the next generation. On Wednesday night, they gathered in each location, and they gave over $50,000 in one day. Our teenagers did. Wow. I mean, that's just amazing. And then on top of that, uh, then we also had our, um, our Thanksgiving gift boxes that all of you participated in and filled those boxes and got them together. And then we did our deliveries this week. And we actually had partners, uh, community partners that were asking for more boxes than we even had from school systems and local organizations that are making a difference. This is a tough time in America for many individuals and families. And I'm so proud of you as a church for how you are jumping into the middle of need and will continue to do that as a church. That's what Kingdom Builders is all about. We've been talking about in this series called Missio Day, the idea that not only did God have a mission for humanity when he sent Jesus into the world, but Jesus has a mission for us to join with him. In Matthew 28, it says, then Jesus told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, everybody say go, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus came into the world to rescue us. How many are thankful that he rescued you? Not only did he come in to rescue you, but he invited you to go do what he's doing all over the world. He sends us out to go and to win people to Jesus, to disciple them. And then we had water baptism today in church, and that's something that actually comes out of the command that Jesus called us to do, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And so as he does that in us, it's not restricted only to our participation in organized church activity, but literally all of our life is to be connected to the mission of God. That when you were born, you were born with a purpose to partner with God. You know, Adam and Eve, that's what they did before sin. They were taking care of the earth and they partnered with God. They walked and talked with him and then sin separated their work from God. I don't know how it happened, but that sin separated and got into that space. And I want to tell you this. The enemy wants to keep your faith life, your church life, housed in just Sunday morning. But did you know all of your life can be connected to the mission of God, the Missio Dei? 
that the work that you do matters, how you lead your family, how you connect with your neighbors, that's all connected to partnership with God. It's not restricted to a religious gathering. It's everything that we do. It's our ethics and what we do in our business. It's how we can uh, take care of the communities that are around us and participate in the world around us. We are to be salt and light in this world. Can I get an amen to that? And so as Jesus sends us that dash between the time we're born and where we are today matters. It's a purpose-driven life for us that we need to stay on mission. And God's not willing to stop. He's not like, okay, I've reached enough people. No, his heart still beats for all of those that have yet to been, been reached and ministered to by the mission of God. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. The father is relentlessly caring for his kids, and I'm grateful he didn't give up on me, and I'm confident he hasn't given up on the people outside the church and he's not giving up on you today. Amen. So today, the title of my message, and this is the last in the series of Missio Day, is this. Hit the refresh button. Turn to the person next to you and say, hit the refresh button. <laughs> now, in order for us to stay on mission, to stay in partnership with God, means that we'll need to learn how to be refreshed. Because life itself, being generous with our time, can be fun but it can also be exhausting. Compassion fatigue is a real thing. Now, recently, Jody and I uh, have been taking care of our grandkids for a little bit longer periods of time, even overnight. And so it's been a very long time since we were in the season where, where we were taking care of little kids. And let me tell you, it's exhausting. If you're a parent right now of little kids, Bravo. I mean, the stuff you got to, I mean, you can't ever leave. There's no breaks. You can't, you can't leave the room. You can't, you can't do anything. And, and even to come to church is a major victory. Because you made it, it's like, you know, it takes 10 times as long and bundling up. And then on top of it, it's cold outside. And, and uh, you know, it's exhausting. That's what life will do to us. And if we get caught up in, in life, we can be drained. There's a regular leaking of our energy. There's a loss, a depletion of our gas tank, if you will. And as we get into that, you just need to know that following God and nurturing others cost you something. In Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. And if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus is essentially saying, listen, while you're on mission, picking up your cross, following Jesus, don't lose your soul in the process. I've watched some people that hold the whole family together. It's the grandma who's taking care of you this week at Thanksgiving. She's cooking the food, cleaning the house. 
She's getting everything ready, serving, cleaning up afterwards. Y'all need to join her and help her out. Come on, somebody. But this is the deal. Sometimes when we're serving everybody else, we feel empty ourselves. Remember when my mom uh, took care of my grandparents until they died in their last few years of their life. And as a caregiver, she spent everything she had. And when my grandparents went to be with Jesus, my grandma or my mom needed to be replenished in her strength. And let me just say this to you. We need to have a regular cycle of replenishment where we have that refreshing come in. We need to regularly hit that little button on the icon on the browser of the internet, the refresh button. How many ever seen that? The refresh button. The refresh button, you, you hit that, everything comes up to date. If not, it's frozen on a previous version of it. It's stuck on that space. I, I'll, I'll leave my laptop sometimes for a couple days where I don't want to do any work, and I'll come back, and I'll open up the laptop, and I'll go to my browser, and it will be stuck on Star Tribune or ESPN from a few days before. And I'm not getting the current information. I'm not getting up-to-date information. It's the same page, but it's not fresh. I need to be, have it refreshed, so I click the button, and now I get the up-to-date information. As believers, you and I can't get stuck on last week's download from heaven. We need a fresh download. We need to be refreshed. We need to be refreshed in our love for each other, refreshed by our love for God, refreshed with his capacity to do the mission he's called us to do. And that's different than a reset button. A reset button takes you all the way back to where you started. Now, that's not a bad thing. In fact, some of us need to have the reset button hit once in a while. Sometimes we get so far off track that we've forgotten who we are and we need to go back to the beginning. I preached at, at Teen Challenge last week in their chapel. Love chapel there. It's one of my favorite places to preach. And afterward, I had a number of people come up and talk to me. One of them, really sharp young man, who uh, had recovered from drug, drugs and been an overcomer, if you will. And then he fell back in. He relapsed. And he reached a point in his story he was sharing with me where just Praying a prayer wasn't going to change his patterns. The old addictions had come back and taken over. So he re-enrolled in Teen Challenge a few years after he had graduated and hit the reset button because he didn't want to just be partially changed. He wanted to be totally changed. He wanted to be refreshed. This is what Jesus was saying when he was talking to Nicodemus, and he said, unless you be born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. You know, there are some of us here right now, you either have never given your life to Christ or you've kind of been kind of one toe in the world and one toe with God. You don't just need a fresh download today. You need a transformative moment with God where he makes you new, a new beginning. Some of you need that reset button. I don't know who that is, but if you do at the end of the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Or come back to him. And I encourage you to do just that. Now that's not the point of this message. This is about not the reset button. But the refresh button. And most of the time we, we need to understand. This. We need to stay on mission. 
And in order to stay on mission, we need to remember why we love God, why we love people, why we live each day. We need God to refresh us, to give us his, his new downloads, the desire to get up and go, the desire to keep loving when we've been rejected, when somebody's overlooked us, when it feels like we've been in a relentless battle. We need a re refreshing wind of heaven on our lives. So let me give you three ways to hit your refresh button, all right? Three ways to hit your refresh button. And they all come from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. It says this, Paul is speaking to Timothy, an older person in the faith, speaking to a younger person in the faith. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Paul says you're going to run from some things, you're going to pursue other things, and then you're going to enjoy the companionship together. Let me give you those three things. The first of the three ways to hit the refresh button is this. Unplug or run from selfish influences and youthful lusts. Paul says to a younger Timothy, if you're going to gain the world without losing your soul, in a sense, if you find yourself craving advice and influence that put out the fire and the mission inside of you that God put you on the planet for, then run from those influences. Unplug it. Now, in some simple terms, that might be just simple temptations. So you need to maybe, if you're having an issue with addiction to online gaming, Maybe you need to actually unplug the game or the internet. That might work. Why? Because it's maybe may filling you with other things. Or it could be as simple as friendships that are hurting you. Anything that makes you move backward can also stop you from saying yes to the mission. And you might need to unplug one thing so you can plug into another thing. Now, some of you are like, well, how do I know if I need to unplug it? Well, hunger is your spiritual thermometer. You know how you can tell if you're sick inside? You look at your spiritual hunger. What have you been hungry for? You know, the doctors will diagnose based on symptoms, right? So what is the first thing that you lose when you're physically sick? Your appetite. I don't feel like eating. Or maybe you get some information or news about something. You're like, I don't, I don't, I'm not hungry anymore because it sours your stomach. It fills you up. And when we hear something that bothers us, we might just say, I just lost my appetite. But the reality is we lose our appetites because we're already full of other things. Proverbs 27, seven, honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. If you're not hungry for God, you're not hungry for doing what's right, if you no longer desire to care for those that are hurting, then it, you got that thermometer in your mouth. It means you're full of something else. Now, this week is Thanksgiving. How many like Thanksgiving? It's by far my favorite holiday of the year. One holiday at a time, I always talk about it. Christmas is after Thanksgiving. Just remember that. Now, some of you start celebrating Christmas in July. And this year, my wife, she tricked me. 
and she got one of my sons to put up the Christmas lights outside last week. The devil is a liar. One holiday at a time, right? Of course, I'm teasing. But Thanksgiving has always been one of my favorites because I just like how unrushed it feels. And there's no expectations about presents and all of those kind of things. And all we do is eat and watch football. So I love it. Now, over time, we've also got multiple families that gather for Thanksgiving on, on Thursday. And so we'll go from one house to another house to another house. So one house is one o'clock. Another one's a little bit later. And how many of you know you need to pace yourself when you eat? Because everything looks good. And then you're having the turkey and the biscuits and the gravy. And what's, what's your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Mashed potatoes and gravy. Stuffing. How many like stuffing? Anybody like cranberries? That's like the only time of year that seems to come out. So you eat. Now, growing up, my favorite thing wasn't the turkey or anything else. It was the pie. Now, here's the challenge. If I eat too much of all that other stuff, I'm too full to have the pie. I want you to catch this to your spiritual hunger. When you were so full of everything else that you no longer crave the kingdom of God or the truth of his word or loving other people, or joining the mission of God, then your hunger is telling you something, or your lack of hunger, that it's time to unplug from some things and pursue other things. So that's the second thing to hit the refresh button, is to pursue living right, faithfulness, love, and peace. That's from that 2 Timothy 2.22 passage. Pursue something else. Pursue what's right. Fill up on the good stuff first. What does James chapter 4 verse 7 say? Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to who? You. Here's something I know. The more we eat something, the more we crave it. Whatever it is that you've been eating, you develop an appetite for that thing. So if you want an appetite for the kingdom of God or for God himself or for his presence, then you got to get yourself in that space and pursue it. you got to read the word and pursue the word. If you no longer hunger for the word, it's a spiritual thermometer moment. You're hungry for other things. Maybe you unplug those things and get back up into the word of God. And the more you read it, the more you'll want it. The more you worship, the more you're going to want to worship. The more you pray, the more you're going to want to pray. You get hungry for that. Some of you that don't like vegetables, you just need to start eating vegetables. Come on, somebody. Turn to the person next to you and say, eat your vegetables. <laughs> How do we stay hungry, though? How is it that we can continue to hit the refresh button? I love what Psalm 42, the psalmist says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? 
My tears have been my food day and night. And while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember, say that with me. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. That word remember is zakar, which means to retain in thought. To retain in thought. In other words, when I retain my thoughts, it causes me to pour out my soul within me. It creates an insatiable hunger for God. When I direct my thoughts, when my thoughts are on what they should be on, when I do that, then all of a sudden my soul connects with God. One of the best ways to begin pursuing God is through gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude initiates a new flow of resource. It's a refreshing moment. Gratitude is the refresh button. It's the refresh button. So here's the thing. I can't both be complaining and be thankful at the same time. I can't be. Now, the rest of the world right now is a sea of complaining. Complaining about politics, complaining about sports, complaining about inflation, complaining, complain, complain, complain. But here's the thing. Even this morning, I walked inside, and as I was coming in, Dr. Lori, who heads up our Emanuel Leadership College, was coming in with me. And she's known me for a very long time, 25 plus years. And she knows that I am not a fan of winter. God has called me to Minnesota. So I get out of my car. It's, it's a little cold today. And my first thought was, I hate the cold. And she says something like, how's it going? And I wanted to say, I'm so tired of this cold, blah, 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 blah. Go into my complaining. But then I thought, I'm preaching on gratitude today. I can't be grumbling and complaining at the same time as I'm thankful. So I needed to shift my thought in that moment and instead of complaining, say what I'm thankful for. This is exactly what it means to hit the refresh button. When you find yourself in a moment of anxiety, when you find yourself in a place of anger, when you find yourself in a place where you're confused and lost, listen, anywhere, at any time, in any circumstance, we can stop and hit the refresh button. And the way to do that is to stop and think about what you're thankful for. What are you thankful for? Are you thankful that you're still alive? Are you thankful that even when the economy rages, you still got food on the table? Are you thankful that you get to go to church with a bunch of people from all over the world, all nations coming and gathering together, that we get to worship Jesus together? Are you thankful for indoor plumbing? Are you, in, <laughs> are you thankful for all the good things? Listen, it only takes a one-moment shift in your thinking to be refreshed by heaven when you stop complaining, when you stop focusing on the negative, and you begin to be thankful. Can I get an amen to that? That's all it takes. That's all it takes. 
It shifts your heart so that you can receive the refreshing from heaven. It's the cycle of Missio Day. Saints, I don't want to see you just serve Jesus for one season of your life or one moment. I want you staying on mission all the way to the end. That's why I always tell my dad, dad, keep loving Jesus so I know how to do it when I get to be your age. I think the church should be one that is always thinking about it. It's a cycle of trust, learning to trust God. That's what we've been talking about in this whole Missio Day series, learning to trust he's got this. So I trust him with the tithe and then I know he's got everything so that I can be generous and take steps of faith to minister to the world around me without worrying about myself because God is going to help me and take care of me. And then I release what happens next to him and I watch the miracles happen and then I can be thankful and grateful And when I'm in a position of thankfulness and gratefulness, I can receive a fresh download from heaven to go do his mission again the next day. That's all it is. It's over and over and over again saying, Lord, thank you so much. So he pours that refreshing into my spirit so I can love my wife again today. So I can love the world around me today. I can follow God's plan for me today. I can persevere through suffering today. I can be who he's called me to be because I'm thankful. Come on, somebody. That's how the mission of God works. Finally, number three, how to hit that refresh button in your life is join others on mission. Paul said, enjoy the companionship of those around you on mission. We need to learn to push each other's buttons. The right one. How many know the wrong buttons to push? But what if we learn to push the refresh button on each other? Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to encourage one another. We need each other. We don't just need, need a theater Christianity on the screen. Just observing it happen. No, we need each other. We don't just need uh, uh, Netflix on-demand Christianity. No, listen, we need each other. We need to push each other's refresh buttons. We need one another on our journey. Friends are like elevators. They can take you up or they can take you down. And some of us, we spend too much time around the ones taking us down, and we wonder why our battery is drained, why we don't have the energy to do what's right, what God has put us on the planet to do. Maybe we've been hanging around the wrong crowd. That's why we need to be back in church. When I pray on Saturday night, just last night, I was praying in the sanctuary, praying for each of our locations, praying over people in the balcony, praying for people on the main floor, praying for people who join us online. And I was just like realizing, man, people are going through so many difficult things. You don't even know who you're sitting next to. So many things people are going through. And I could visualize and I was praying. I was like, Lord, 
Would you, Lord, draw people from the north, south, east, and west? Not because I want a big church, but because I know people need each other. Something happens when you get out of your car and you walk in a building and you begin to worship Jesus. All of a sudden, you're reminded who you are and you're not alone. And then when you're down, somebody next to you is up and we help each other up. We need the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. We need each other. We need one another. And when we learn to connect, and we can connect through serving together. That's why we talk about growth track. It's not because we just want everybody to go to a class. It's because I want you connected. And when we serve together on ministry teams, on Team Emmanuel, and you're in the lobbies, or you're helping with kids, or you're behind the scenes, whatever it is, or we go on a kingdom builder trip, or whatever it is that we do, God does something in us. We refresh others, and then God refreshes us. Proverbs eleven twenty five. the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be what? Refreshed. See, we're in this together. The Missio Dei. There is one mission, and it's all of our mission. We need to stay on task. And you might have a moment where you're struggling. That's okay in the body, but don't leave the body. You need the rest of the church, even when you're at your lowest. Listen, I'm telling you, when Jesus looked at the flock and he cared for sheep, he prayed over Jerusalem because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He cares about the one that leaves the 99 behind. Why does he care about that one? Why is he caring about them? He's caring about them because, listen, when a sheep leaves the flock, they lose protection. They're vulnerable to... To the wolves that are out there. They can get stuck in a thicket. A good shepherd goes and pulls them out. And listen, my care for you, my concern for you, is that you not be isolated. You're vulnerable when you're isolated. Listen, just coming to church every once in a while, that's not going to help you. You need to be connected to the rest of the body. You need to be in regular communion with other Christians. Not because you're perfect, in fact, when you're at your lowest, you better get your body to church. I almost used a different word. You might need to get to church. Why? Because somehow I'm safe when I'm with the rest of the body. We need each other. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you need me and I need you. There's all kinds of biblical rhythms of life to refresh. Every week, there's a Sabbath built in, a place of refreshment. There's a, a rhythm of that, feasting and fasting, celebrating what God has done. And we need to be able to do that, to engage in being thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Sometimes we just need to take a praise break, a gratitude break. Just pause and go, I need to think about what I'm thankful for. I need to say it out loud. And don't say, well, I said that one last week. Keep saying it. Some of you are like, I've never won anything. I've never been chosen. I've been, I've been overlooked my whole life. Let me tell you this. You are a winner by being alive. 
You are, a, you are chosen because you're alive. You made it this far. You got a lot to be thankful for. Take a gratitude break. Experience times of refreshing when you're full of gratitude. Acts 3.19, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. You may need to unplug from other things to get hungry and then begin to pursue God's best for you. I love what Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, the Lord is going to refresh us today as we're grateful before him. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Somebody here has a lot to be thankful for. He gave his life for you. You may feel empty. Your strength is going to be restored. Somebody's lost their why and God is waiting for us. I love what Jesus said to the church in Laodicea in Revelation 3.20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and he will share a meal. We will share a meal together as friends. So on the other side of the door, Jesus is ready to refresh you. He's knocking. He's ready right now to give you everything you need right now. But he's knocking. The question isn't, is Jesus ready to refresh you? The question is, are you going to open the door? Somebody say, open the door. Come on, say, open the door. You open the door by pushing the refresh button of thanksgiving and gratitude. When you thank him, listen, I've been around a lot of people in my lifetime and the grumblers and complainers are not the ones I want to get the closest to. If you sit there and you whine and you're, you're talking about everything bad all the time, for whatever reason, I just don't want to give you a hug. It's not like I'm going to hang out with you. Why? Because all you do is complain. But meanwhile, I've been with, around people who are thankful and they don't have anything. They lost their job. Somebody's ditched on them. Things aren't going well. But for some reason, they're thankful. Guess who I want to be by? Who do you think God wants to get close to today? He wants to get close to those that are thankful, that are open. They're not pushing God away with their complaints. They're dropping their guard and opening the door and say, Jesus, Thank you that you love me, a sinner, that you allow me in. I am yours. I'd like you to stand with me today. I intentionally ended my message a little bit earlier than I normally do. I know some of you thought, man, it's going a long time, Pastor Nate. But I'm, I'm telling you, I actually went shorter today because I've been waiting the whole service for this moment. Because my great dream isn't that Everybody thought I, I preached a good message. My great dream is that you experience a time of refreshing from the presence of God. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know all the stuff that's led to this moment, what you've been thinking about, the anxieties and the worries and the fears and the concerns. I don't know what you're battling in your brain or your, your addictions. I don't know what you're going through in your marriage and perhaps there's issues going on that are just too great for you. 
I don't know what's happening with your children and you're worried about prodigal sons and daughters. I don't know what you've been thinking about. All I know is this. If you push that button of refreshment today and you push the refresh button of thanksgiving, I believe God is going to show up real close to you and he will lift you up. You will experience times of refreshing. If you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to turn to him to experience that time. You need to give your life to him right now. Don't wait till later on. Just pause and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Make me new. I need you. And listen, Jesus will save you right now when you talk to him. Stop blaming everybody else, pointing the finger, whatever else that you've been doing, and recognize there is no Savior but Jesus. You turn to him and give your life to him right now. You will be refreshed. Can I get an amen to that, church? It doesn't matter what your story is. You don't got to get perfect first. You just give your life to Jesus right now. You will experience that refreshment. In fact, if you want to give your life to Jesus right now, I want you to just pray this prayer out loud after me. Just pray this. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. So you came to the earth. You died on the cross for my sin. And then you rose from the dead. Today, I surrender to you. Please forgive me of my sin and make me new. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in the house. Amen. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to actually have times of refreshing as you push the refresh button of gratitude. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, find a spot to worship. Move. Get out into the aisles. Come to the front. Whatever you got to do, move. Go five feet over if you don't. Don't stay where you're at. Get up to go to Jesus who's knocking at the door. Get out of where you've been and physically move yourself so that you can be in a position, a posture of thankfulness. Can you do that? Let's just throw your hands up to heaven. Father, we come before you. Lord, we're just so grateful. Lord, for every good and perfect gift comes from the Father up above. And we thank you, Lord, that we have everything we need in you. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. We thank you, Father, that you have chosen to come. And we know that no matter how big our problem is, no matter how big our mountains are, mountains melt like wax in the presence of God. So today we choose, Lord, to fix our minds, to zakar, to remember you, to focus our thoughts on thankfulness to be thankful for everything you've given us. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for this church. Thank you for people around me. Thank you for the food on the table. Thank you for breath in my lungs. Thank you, Jesus, that I got another day, another opportunity to love you and to love those around me. There's so much to be grateful for. So today, we throw up our hands. We say thank you again and again and again. We thank you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.